0: Hello and welcome to Album Archaeology, the show where we will study all of the pieces that go into a musical work of art in order to reveal the significance that lies within. Throughout the 15 episodes of this show, we will be taking a deep dive into the world spun within Eden's 2018 masterwork, Vertigo, a debut album that tells the beautiful and very human story of navigating one's own ambitions to try and find an ultimate sense of fulfillment. From the quiet introspection of tracks like Lost, Found, and Wonder, to the crushing and chaotic rush of songs like Crash and Icarus, to the unparalleled beauty of masterpieces such as Forever Over, there is certainly a lot for us to sink our teeth into. I started working on this project way back in December of 2020. Now, a year and a half later, I've got 150 pages of insight that I cannot wait to share with you throughout this podcast. Whether you are a long-time listener of Eden's music, or I'm the first one to show it to you, I'm confident that there will be something new to discover as we go deep on everything this album has to offer. So, without further ado, let's dig in. Before we fully get into today's episode, there is a bit of housekeeping that I want to make clear for all of the episodes to come. First and foremost, I will be discussing a lot of topics that are related to mental health throughout this podcast. As such, I do not want to risk coming on here and diagnosing the artist Jonathaning with anything, so I will be referring to him exclusively as Eden throughout all of the episodes to come. I hope that this will build some distance between me and the artist as I am here to express what I am getting from the art. I'm not trying to analyze the person. That means that I will be avoiding most biographical details, so please don't listen in hopes of discovering which real-life partner a song is specifically about. Most facts like that are really beside the point anyways, but if I do draw in anything from the person, it will pertain to his music. Today especially, we will be hearing quotes like this that will give us insight into specific songs as well as Eden's general history with music. One such quote would be one that he gave when asked about the process of creating Vertigo. To which he said, quote, When I'm writing, I don't feel like I'm actually creating anything. It's more like I'm uncovering something that's already there. Like how an archaeologist doesn't create a fossil, they're just finding it and uncovering it, and maybe rearranging it if it's broken. Releasing this body of work is terrifying and exciting and overwhelming for me. A lot of it is so personal. This album is not a coming-of-age story, but it caused one, end quote. Throughout the 13 tracks of Vertigo, Eden puts to record a process of growth that is monumental. However, in order to properly understand the fossil that Eden revealed to us, we must first understand its context and history. That is why, on today's inaugural episode of Album Archaeology, we aren't going to be taking a super-analytical look into any single piece of music, but rather, we're going to be taking it easy and becoming acquainted with Eden's back catalogue, as well as the sound of my voice, before we fully immerse ourselves in the world of vertigo in our next episode. Everything has a beginning. Everything has roots. Which is why today, we will be looking back to the roots of Eden, in order to gain a greater understanding of the significance of the journey to come.
1: My my parents put me and all my siblings actually into music classes uh, when we were quite young. kind of was just like... There was this one introductory class that we all did, and I was like, pick an instrument. For some reason, I chose the violin. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, now you're a violinist.
0: If you are to play any one of Eden's projects, you'll hear a diverse array of natural instrumentation, nearly all of which is performed by Eden himself. That includes drums, guitar, piano, and as we just heard in that excerpt from the Sidewalk Talk EDM YouTube channel, violin. While well, he would later credit these classes as his introduction to music, He told the interviewer shortly thereafter that he absolutely hated those classes and the required practice that came with them. Despite hating them, he was luckily not turned off of music, as he would learn guitar on his own in the years that followed, playing the instrument in the bands that he would form with his friends in his early teenage years. The band setting was a musical outlet for him, which introduced him to the music industry through studio sessions. However, there was something missing. Eden longed for more creative control, as he had ideas in his head that he couldn't express, which naturally clashed with the collaborative nature of the band setting. When he was 12 years old, however, this desire was answered when his family bought an iMac, which came with GarageBand for free. Here he is discussing this in an interview with the Anatomy of an Artist podcast.
1: So my family got an iMac when I was 12-ish, probably. And then at some point, my brother realizes that GarageBand comes free on iMac, and he starts like messing around with it. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I was going straight into, like, the Apple loops and making, like, techno. Really, really, really bad techno. <laughs> but he was, like, straight into, like, MIDI and making his own orchestral arrangements and and passages. And I didn't realize that's what he was doing. I thought he was also just using the loops. And then one day I was like, how do you make stuff that's, like, so good? And he was like, oh, like, put it in the notes. And I was like, what? Uh, and then... That was it. I was like completely obsessed with like putting in the notes now and like making my own actual songs instead of just loops.
0: This newfound venture where Eden could have full creative control of his musical vision coincided with the release of the Skrillex project, Scary Monsters and Nice Sprites, which took the world by storm, introducing many, including Eden, to electronic dance music, EDM for short. Through this sound, Eden was able to take control of his own vision in music, as the independent production style didn't require anything but him and a computer. Throughout Eden's career, this independent philosophy has persisted, as he has taken the helm of the writing, producing, mixing, and mastering on every one of his projects to date. With the newfound ability to put in the notes, the spark that would light his musical trajectory was set, as he has said that he would come home from school every day, work on music until he fell asleep, and begin the cycle all over again. This brief overview of his early life brings us to the centerpiece of today's episode, a look at Eden's discography. To begin, we'll look back to the first song that he ever released on the internet, which luckily enough, he spoke about later in the same interview with Anatomy of an Artist.
1: The first thing I ever uploaded was a song called Shut Your Mouth which sampled some skateboarder being arrested or like at least accosted by like some mall cop. (laughs) and The guy was just screaming at the skateboarder and I thought that was like, oh, that was really cool. So I sampled it and it's some like terrible electro EDM like song Uh, and I uploaded that to YouTube and then made like a couple of fake accounts and commented on my own video being like, oh man, this is like, this is really promising. You know, (laughs) you're going to go somewhere. And I replied to my own comment being like, oh yeah, thanks man, that means a lot. Um, and I don't think it had, like, any views. When he was 15 to 16 years
0: old, Eden began posting his original music to SoundCloud under the alias The Spap Project. This name wouldn't stick, however, as he would create a new account called The Eden Project soon after. He would continue to use The Spap Project account, even after the change in name, to post random snippets and demos, and on this account, you can hear early versions of songs like Sex, and a few others that would later be featured on Vertigo. Many of the songs released under these two aliases, especially in the early days, are private, as he only posted them so they could be heard by friends. But then, in August of 2012, the first public song was released on Soundcloud, titled Summer's End, which began to hint at sounds that would be fully realized by Vertigo's release six years later. The song begins with reverse piano notes that are then played forwards over a bed of soft ambience, These sounds continue to build with more and more elements being added until an EDM-style drum beat enters, transitioning into the song's EDM-oriented sound that is fully embraced in the song's final two minutes as an electric guitar leads a flood of crashing synths. Some of these early songs, which range from EDM tracks like Grape to a remix of Kanye West's All of the Lights and Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, were all loosely assembled into a compilation project by the name Beginnings in the years after their initial release. Due to the fact that this is a compilation album, the sense of cohesion that is a major part of Eden's later work is completely absent, and while these songs are among the earliest in his discography, I wouldn't go so far as to say that this should be considered his first project. Rather, That honour goes to the 2013 EP, I Am Spitfire. Throughout this four-song EP, the 17-year-old Eden proves that he is an artist who works on a larger scale than an individual track. Each song flows seamlessly into the next providing the whole project with a sense of coherence he could not have demonstrated through just his single releases. This sense of the greater whole makes sense when considering that Eden has said that he works linearly on projects, crafting each individual part with a greater whole in mind. Eden also established a trend that will appear in his work time and time again, as he named each track to be part of a greater message when read together. In this case, the first track is called I Am, and the second, third, and fourth are called Spitfire, part one, two, and three, respectively. On the EP's first and third songs, there are some of the earliest examples of Eden's lyricism, which he had started practicing when he was about seven years old and further harnessed by writing over Eminem beats. Both of these songs deal with themes that will appear consistently throughout Eden's discography, namely love, its struggles, and the interplay between one's relationships and their dreams. As would be expected on someone's debut project, the elements that will be reoccurring in Eden's work feel unrefined here when compared to what is to come. However, if you're interested and have 16 minutes to spare, it's well worth a listen. And with that, we'll move on to the Eden Project's second EP, Time Changes Everything.
1: And it was so close, I couldn't bear to even open my eyes Life's a cruel joke, cause no one here
0: alive.
1: Changes Everything
0: Released in the same year as I Am Spitfire, Time Changes Everything is a three-song EP that once again has many glimmers of the future Eden shining through. The project continues the trend of naming songs to get across something greater. In this case, the tracks are called Time, Changes, and Everything. Among the abundance of electro and dubstep EDM, this project features a prominent electric guitar line on time and a string section on changes, giving a more diverse array of sounds than those found on I Am Spitfire. Lyrically, the EP is about coming to accept and embrace the inevitable process of change that comes with time. Eden and Laura Brem have a duet on the second song, where they sing, When it's so wrong and you can't breathe, it's the thoughts inside that will change you. Rather than fearing this change, Eden comes to accept it as natural, as he sings on the next song, Now it's over, it's out of my hands, and now I'm older, I can breathe easy again. Through the motif of breathing on both of these songs, Eden paints a coherent arc that is among the earliest evidence of him using the album format to tell a story. To follow up these two 2013 EPs, The Eden Project then released his one and only album, Kairos.
1: In Throughout twenty thirteen and
0: fourteen, the Eden Project music began to gain a following as channels such as Koala Control and Suicide Sheep began uploading his work from SoundCloud onto YouTube, exposing it to larger audiences. In the months leading up to the album, every song from the tracklist was released before being assembled into a unified whole on June 15, 2014. The first third of the album acts as a barometer for which direction Eden would begin to go with his music, as each song is split between two different sounds one that is tailored to Eden's vocals, and another that is based around the EDM that has been a keystone of his career until this point. Also of note is that the second song has the first of four appearances by Leia Kelly, whose higher voice acts as a nice foil to Eden's baritone. After this first run of songs comes a batch of instrumental tracks. While the first three are filled with energy, in line with the sound of the EPs that preceded Kairos, the album takes a turn as the song Limitless dives into an ambient sound, which segues nicely into the album's standout track, Death of a Dream. This unexpected acoustic cut bears the clearest lineage to the sound of Eden's later career, as it veers into a more down tempo sound, which makes it one of the true hidden gems in his early discography. After this album, the Eden Project would release a trilogy of EPs, beginning with his second 2014 release, Entrance. You shouldn't say anything about anything
1: that being. Is- We look right
0: over there. As you were probably able to gather from the taster you just heard, Entrance is far more cinematic than anything that came before, as it ventures into a more alternative pop direction that is most evident in the opening song and the closer circles. The song and likewise EP, Entrance, opens with a sample of a 1950s housewife on LSD a sample that will be familiar to anyone who has listened to Eden's Later and Credits C P. In addition to this sample are large bass hits and a slow, contemplative piano that builds before the song bursts into an instrumental passage. While this opener is unlike anything we have heard until this point, the Entrance C P. is not a complete departure from the project that came before, as it builds upon the sounds of Kairos, with songs like Better Together, which once again features Leah Kelly. Here is Eden speaking about the impact this EP had on his music in the same interview with Anatomy of an Artist.
1: There was an EP I released called Entrance. God, I almost, that almost slipped my mind. Um, and I sang on two of the songs on it, or maybe more. Um, but that was maybe the first time where I realized, oh, people are more interested in that than like whatever beats I make. So I kind of just started exploring that more. Following the release of that EP, Eden was featured
0: as a vocalist on the song Scribble by Puppet, a major artist on the label Monstercat. This song put even more eyes on the Eden project, as it was featured on the label's Best of 2014 compilation, giving him the momentum he needed when releasing his next EP, Bipolar Paradise, on February 14, 2015.
1: Say that I'm caught up with my head, lost and final, but I know exactly where I wish I was like it only. Just keep on moving cause I got a vision. If I can I'm running to wherever I gotta go, I'm sorry I gotta go.
0: The Eden Project's penultimate EP is probably my personal favorite, as it dives further into the cinematic orchestral sound that was experimented with on entrance, and seamlessly blends it with electronic breakdowns. For that reason, Bipolar Paradise is the perfect middle ground between the Eden Project's early career and his later work as Eden. This EP begins with the song Drowning, which envelops the listener in a hurricane of sounds, from string sections, synths, and a snapping drum beat, to a passage of chopped vocals towards the end. Then comes the track Fumes, which further explores the popular sounds of Entrance, with an electric guitar taking the wheel. Sticking to the theme of Bipolar Paradise, the bridge of the song switches things up by featuring a drum and bass passage, which is good, but feels like it should have a guest feature. He should look into that. A change of pace comes halfway through the project, as the energy is brought down for the contemplative song, Jupiter. The lyrics express a feeling of being deceived by the person he loves, who it seems he was able to leave as Jupiter transitions into a short acoustic cut. This track seamlessly moves into the final song, Man Down, which embodies the name Bipolar Paradise, as it continues the quiet acoustic sound before exploding into electronica, switching back and forth between the two sounds before coming to rest in the final minute. Through this EP's ability to oscillate back and forth between the sounds of Eden's future and those of the Eden Project's past, it is the perfect bridge between the two stages of his career. It would seem as though Eden recognized this opportunity for a transition as well, as his next project would be the last one that he released under the Eden Project alias, fittingly titled Final Call.
1: And she said, I don't think I love you no more. You never seem to call me lately. Girl, I don't think you know me at all. Cause I never thought I'd have to say this. No, I don't love you. And I never did. Look at us burning down
0: in flames for cake. Released on April 27th, 2015, The Eden Project's final EP is unabashedly pop-oriented, as he fully embraces the sound he had been teasing since Kairos. The first track exemplifies this, a cover of Taylor Swift's Blank Space, featuring a reverb-soaked guitar with quiet ambient tones that linger behind the center stage. This more low-key cover brings out new emotions in the song's lyrics, highlighting the uncertainty that can loom beneath the surface of a new and exciting love. The next song, Gone, switches up the tone as it sounds like you have stepped into a video game. The lyrics speak about leaving something behind, but with a far more triumphant tone than songs with similar subject matter that came before. While those songs felt like something was being lost in the process of moving on, Gone is about the excitement one feels for the potential that the world holds and all of the new doors that are opening. Seeing as how there is probably a large crossover between Meek Mill fans and the audience of this podcast, I would be remiss to mention that the song was sampled on his 2015 song, The Trillist, off of his record Dreams Worth More Than Money. After the triumph of Gone comes a cover of Beyonce's Crazy in Love, which swaps out a feature from Jay-Z for Leia Kelly once again. Like Blank Space, this cover takes an otherwise upbeat song and flips it on its head, making it feel more tragically romantic than feel-good. The build-up in the song's final third is masterful, as the 3 minute and 30 second crescendo reaches its apex and explodes with sound. The EP then takes another sharp turn into a song which features nothing but Eden and a layered vocoder, which creates a monstrous effect. This is by far the most experimental song on the EP, as Eden tests the new boundaries that lie before him. Eden's biggest hit to date, XO, proceeds this, before the project concludes with the piece Times Like These, an emotional send off to the Eden Project stage of his life. This song is absolutely heart wrenching, and while I was going to pick out a specific lyric to exemplify this, I think you should just listen to the whole thing, because I'd have to read out all of the lyrics anyways to get across my point. And with that, the Eden Project came to a close. But we're not quite done today, as the newly dubbed Eden released two seven song EPs, the first of which was called End Credits. In 2015, Eden dropped out of university where he was studying astrophysics, to go all-in on music. This decision proved to be well worth it, because that summer, on August 8, 2015, he released the End Credits EP, a project that sees him continuing into the alternative pop sounds of Bipolar Paradise and Final Call for a fully conceptual project. Much like his early work, the conceptual through-line of the album is immediately evident from each song's transition, as they all have threads that tie one into the next. The transition can be purely sonic, as is the case for the opener, 209, into end credits, and end credits into gravity. The transition can also be thematic, evidenced by the song Gravity, which ends with the line Falling's easy, but it only brings you down, which leads into the next song, Nocturne, which begins with the words If you fall, I will catch you. It can also be a referential transition like when the song Interlude begins with the piano piece Nocturne in B major, which shares its title with the previous song, Nocturne. Further, all of these songs culminate in the final track of the album, Wake Up, where lines from Nocturne's chorus and interlude's second verse can be found in the midst of the final chorus. What is the story being told, then? Well, to find an answer, we should look to the first track of end credits, which features three samples that foreshadow what is to come. The first is a quote from Public Enemies, a movie about John Dillinger, a notorious Depression-era outlaw who is also mentioned in the bonus track, Catch Me If You Can. This sample speaks to the idealized view of the past, as the crimes committed by Dillinger are romanticized in the modern day, much like the first events of this story. After this, there is the 1950s housewife on LSD, followed by a sample from the film Boyhood, which foreshadows someone seizing the moment, or rather, having the moment seize them. From here, the EP goes into the title track, End Credits, where we hear Eden meet a girl and portray an idealistic, filmic connection to her. The language he uses paints the picture of a couple from a 70s Springsteen song, hitting the open road in the middle of the night to escape their dead-end hometown. In a brief moment of clarity towards the tail end of the song, Eden flashes forwards, singing, And I want to let you know, I want to let you go. But this is how it goes, the end credits they roll words that inform us that this spark is only temporary, that the idealized connection he shares with her will eventually be broken. In the next song, Gravity, we listen as Eden falls in love with this girl. We also see that the two can bring out the worst in each other, and the song ends with Eden wishing he could fight falling in love with her, wishing he could defy her gravity. We hear why this is the case when the next song, Nocturne, begins as Eden talks about staying awake, meaning that he can't dream, or rather follow his dreams when he's with this person. In the frenetic track that follows Nocturne, we hear the aforementioned piano sample, which sounds as though it is being performed in a concert hall. This alludes to what Eden's dream is, namely, that he wants to have a career in music. To do so, Eden definitively decides he must let go of this person, which he then enacts on the next song, Wake Up. In this climactic track, Eden allows the moment to seize him as he leaves in the middle of the night, hoping that the girl will one day understand and perhaps can join him when she does. The bonus track, Catch Me If You Can, then ties a bow around the whole story, going more into Eden's head as he leaves, as he admits that he's scared, but knows that this is what he has to do. As the, well, end credits roll on end credits, the listener is left wondering whether he will actually make his dream become a reality. And it seems that Eden wondered the same thing. Fortunately, it did become a reality because following the EP's release, he received calls from industry people across the board who wanted to sign him. Eventually, he signed to Astral Works, a label known for artists like Halsey, Marshmallow, and Illenium. Eden's first tour followed the EP's release, which actualized what he set out to do on end credits. I believe that it is this experience on tour that informed Eden's second EP, the last project that we will discuss today. I think you think too much of me.
1: Oh no, I think I'm catching feelings that I don't know. If this is empathy, I feel just hold on. Remember why you said this was a last
0: time. Released on August 19th, 2016, a little over a year after end credits, I Think You Think Too Much of Me is Eden's most popular project to date. Drawing upon the tradition established by his first two EPs, I Think You Think Too Much Of Me has a tracklist that portrays a greater message when read together. The first four songs are titled Sex, Drugs, And, and Rock and Roll, spelling out the mantra of youthful countercultural movements. These four tracks detail the aftermath of end credits, as Eden has stepped into a new world that surrounds him with new vices. Throughout these songs, Eden discusses how each vice was a pitfall for him, but subverts the typical narrative that would be expected. For example, the opening track, Sex, which has only ever been called sex, is about falling for the person that he is hooking up with. Despite being in a casual relationship, he catches feelings, getting tangled up in strings that weren't supposed to be attached. This is followed by drugs, where Eden details an addiction to lying to his partner as he gets a rush from doing so. The music video for this song is a great illustration of the subversion Eden aims to take in each song as it features a man going to a drug deal, intercut with footage of him in a happy relationship. While the video may lead one to believe that the two broke up, and now the man is doing drugs to cope with the loss, the video ends as he returns home and walks into a bedroom where he finds the girl from earlier, now lying in a bed hooked up to an IV. Subverting the expected narrative, we see that he has bought these drugs for her. However, their purpose is left ambiguous. Returning to the EP, Drugs is followed by the song And... A brief interlude that transitions into rock and roll, a song that explores the double edged sword of fame, as it would allow him to leave his mark on the world, but in doing so, he would have to sacrifice his well being, allowing the lights to find him in his darkest moments. The second half of the EP then features a greatest hits collection of sorts from the Eden Project days, including Bipolar Paradise's Fumes, which finally has a feature from Nash, Final Call's XO, and Entrance's Circles. By Eden's own admission, I Think You Think Too Much Of Me is his most commercial project, with songs like Sex going gold in 2020. Following the EP came the Future Bound tour, Eden's longest at the time, running from September 7th to November 26th of 2016. The gap between I Think You Think Too Much Of Me and Eden's next project, 2018's Vertigo, was the longest he had ever taken between releases. The creation of Vertigo spanned back even further, however, As it had been conceptualized back in the 2015 The Eden Project days, though as we will discover, some moments originated all the way back in 2011 and 2012. Regarding the process of making the album, Eden said in his interview with Sidewalk Talk EDM,
1: The album, for this album, I literally kind of took the opposite approach to, I guess, I didn't sit down and say, I want to show this, how will I show it? Every single second on the album, I was just thinking, it's gotta feel right. So if this goes from like a verse into a chorus, and then the chorus is never repeated again in the whole, whole song, but it feels right, that's what I was gonna do.
0: This stream of thought approach to the project may dissuade some from believing there is a greater message to be found. However, this process does have precedence. It resembles the psychodynamic technique of free association, wherein a patient will say whatever comes to their mind in an effort to surface parts of their subconscious. In doing this, patients are able to achieve catharsis, releasing emotions that were pent up due to unconscious conflicts. Eden seemed to nod towards this technique when he was asked how he deals with negative thoughts by Kudomain magazine. He responded, quote, Music is one way for me. I think one of the best things I've ever done was when I started to keep a journal. I might not do it every day, but randomly, I'll have a think about it and jot stuff down, and it can be just so therapeutic, even if no one's ever going to read it. It can straighten a lot of things out just writing it down. By going off of feeling, Eden was able to create a body of work that not only shows him achieving catharsis for himself, but also sharing what he has learned so others can do the same. Throughout the next 14 episodes that will be spent unpacking vertigo line by line, we will discover Eden's struggle with the monsters that lurk in everyone's head. And perhaps, by studying the way in which he is able to combat them, we can equip ourselves with the ability to do the same. Conclusion We have certainly covered a lot of ground today, and whether you are new to Eden or have been there since day one, I hope familiarizing ourselves with the artist will prove to be beneficial as we go on. I imagine most of the projects I discuss today will be familiar to most people listening to this podcast, but for the rest of my audience, the non-Meek Mill fans out there who have never listened to Eden before, I'd recommend listening to end credits before checking out everything I have to say about Vertigo. I think it's a pretty essential listen. If you want to listen to another project beyond that, I'd recommend Bipolar Paradise to get the best of both worlds in terms of the Eden Project sound, though you may have to find it on SoundCloud or YouTube. From his roots in EDM, to his breakout success as an alternative pop outfit, the brief overview we discussed today has laid the groundwork for everything we will discover by digging into Vertigo. The process of unearthing this album's greater themes, emotions, and narrative will be akin to how Eden described making the album in the interview cited at the top of today's episode. If Eden was the archaeologist that discovered the fossil, this analysis will try to animate it, studying how each individual part, from the lyrics to the music, functions within the greater whole. Before we go, I want to say that if you like what you heard today, I hope you will join me going forward. I promise you won't regret it. On our next episode, we will fully sink our teeth into the world of Vertigo, as we discuss its very first track, Wrong, which will prove to be the key to unlocking the entire album. But that's something that we will have to dig into next time on Album Archaeology. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Album Archaeology. The intro and outro music was created by Drew Kostanak. If you want to look into any of the sources I drew on today, you can find all of them linked in the description, and you can find me on social media by looking up Pod. I'll talk to you next time.